1: by Bet Rivers, ladies and gentlemen. I am your, ho- your host, excuse me, I'm already getting choked up right away here on Rush Hour, Danny Burke, your host, live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook just outside of Chicago in Des Plaines, Illinois. We got a fun one to look forward to for the next hour. A few guests will be joining us 15 minutes from now. Celebratory hit with Danielle Elvari, host of the Los Angeles City Cast, and Her Rams are advancing to the championship game against the Cincinnati Bengals. So how did she fare over the weekend with the two games in terms of the championship weekend? How did she do with her bets? We'll recap that. We'll get her early diagnosis on the Super Bowl game with the line up to four. I'll talk about that momentarily. But Danielle will be joining us in 15 minutes to hit all things around that Half hour from now, Adam Burke, who joins us frequently on our Monday editions. He will be giving us his top early plays or, I guess, assessments for the big game. And then I know he's got some college basketball action. And then same thing, 45 minutes from now, Wes Reynolds is going to be going all over the place. Fellow and host, he will be capping off this Monday show in 45 minutes. So, again, a lot to get through for the next hour. But let's tee things off with this line right now at Bet Rivers. For the championship game Rams and Bengals technically even though it's at so fine, it is a home game for the Rams Cincinnati is technically the home team and as the home team they are a dog catching four right now at Bet Rivers money line they're plus 165 total we are seeing at 48 and a half and really quick the money line for the Rams if you wanted to lay it as at this point is minus 190. So where did this thing open? Well, you know, the Westgate out in Las Vegas does a good job of putting it up immediately. And they at least had the ramps, as most other books, as a three-and-a-half point favorite. And the total as high as 51. Now, some other books opened it like 49, 49-and-a-half 49 or 50. But regardless, you've seen some momentum go toward the under for this total. Again, as high as 51 now is low at bet rivers as 48 and a half. And the momentum in terms of the spread has gone toward the Rams three and a half now up to four. I think some spots might've even touched four and a half, which I'm surprised to see it that early on or even four and a half at all. But that's where it's heading as of this, uh, as of this moment, I mean, the Rams are juiced that way at Bet rivers, minus 112 if you want to lay four. So who knows, maybe we will see four in the hooks sooner rather than later at a lot of the shops. I get why the line is where it is. I had this thing in my mind at about three and a half in terms of the spread, and I get that it's hard to ignore everything Cincinnati's done. Every time we look away from them, heck, I took their season win total under six and a half, and now they're in the Super Bowl, which is just insane, but that's the beauty of sports betting, and sports in a lot of circumstances, how one team can just completely do a 180 and shock the world, and if they can pull it off against the Rams, that would exactly be doing that, because this Bengals team... They've taken the necessary – I guess the necessary adjustments is the way to put it, right? I mean, the adjustments they made defensively in that second half against Kansas City was absolutely amazing and is just incredible and a testament to how much his coaching staff has improved. For as much crap as we give Zach Taylor, he's definitely had some pretty good coaching in the latter half of the season up until this point in the postseason. And of course, a lot of that, if not all of it, could be attributed to Joe Burrow and how calm, cool, and collected he can stay in the pocket is improvising when he's about to get sacked by Jones out there against Kansas City. Like so many things he's done has been amazing. So you got to give him credit. And then the defense stepped up when they needed to most, limiting Patrick Mahomes, making him look like he had picked up a football for the first time. It was incredible. But the thing about going against the Rams, this team has been building up for years to this point, whereas with Cincinnati, you just did a quick 180 flip around, and now you're here in the biggest stage, which, again, is an indictment of what Joe Burrow and this team has been able to do in that short span. But really, the Rams went all in. They've been preparing for this, so I'm not surprised to see the early action going toward Los Angeles, considering also they pretty much have an answer for any threat that the Bengals may pose for themselves. I mean, up front, Bad offensive line, got criticized. Still, they were able to get to this point, but now you got to go up against the likes of Von Miller, of Aaron Donald, and that whole front seven that is really lethal. All right, well, you got Jamar Chase, fantastic. You got Jalen Ramsey to counter him on the other side. In Cincinnati's defense, we saw what happened, at least that Kansas City did in the first half. I'm not saying Stafford and company can do it, but they have arguably just as many weapons with the way Cooper Cup has been playing. If Stafford gets enough protection and how OBJ has come around now in his short tenure thus far with the Los Angeles Rams. So I kind of lean toward the Rams winning this thing outright. Immediate thoughts. I'm definitely not going to get involved till a little bit later, but that would be my initial reaction. And, of course, I would wait to see if there's going to be some buyback on Cincinnati and then get a better number. But uh, that's really my two cents in terms of the Super Bowl as of this point. We'll get plenty more thoughts throughout the next hour and the next couple weeks. You know that here on VEASAN and on Rush Hour. But I did want to spend some time this segment like we typically do at the beginning to talk about some Chicago sports. Since we are here in the Chicagoland area, I wanted to talk about the game at the United Center tonight for some hockey. The Blackhawks potentially with a favorable spot against the Vancouver Canucks this evening. And, you know, I kind of always Josh around about betting the Blackhawks because I'm like, I don't know, maybe like 1-3, 1-4 betting them. They seem to be that one team that kind of curses me when I'm betting them. And I do think it's a good spot for them tonight. It's still kind of sketchy, though, because betting on bad hockey teams, it sometimes seems like it could be a coin flip. But the market has moved towards Chicago, and I do agree with that movement for this game. You're getting a Vancouver team that is three, four, and 3-4-3 in their past 10 games. They're coming off a 1-0 overtime loss on Saturday versus Calgary. Uh, They're only averaging about 2.4 goals per game. I know Chicago's in a similar realm, but the Canucks have only scored four goals over their past four losses, so that's been pathetic from them on the offensive side of the puck. The Blackhawks, yes, they're coming off a loss against Colorado. Not surprising. We talked about that game on Friday. Line came down a lot in favor of Chicago, but at the end of the day, Colorado is still Colorado. Chicago won three and two in its past six games, and they have allowed at least four goals against themselves in four of those games, including the one win that they did have. The good news for Chicago, well, you might be getting Seth Jones back. Nice help on the defensive side of the puck, but Jonathan Tave's still going to be sidelined with that concussion. But the other good news for Chicago, why this line probably moved in favor of them, or a large reasoning so, is because Vancouver will not have Thatcher Demko in the net. They are going to have their backup tending it. Uh, Yaroslav Halak. He is 1-4 and 2 this season. 2.6 goals against average with a save percentage of 91 and a half. He's only won one game this season, and that was against Columbus, 4-3. to And look, the Blue Jackets ain't that great of a team. So Mark Andre Fleury gonna be tending the pipes once again for the Blackhawks. We know he, in terms of his stats, they're not pretty. That's for sure. But a lot of it has to do with the lack of help surrounding him. But it's one of those things tonight where you see this Blackhawks team, you still have talent, you still have personnel, they just can't close the games, they can't keep their foot on the pedal, they've just really struggled closing out and just keeping up that dominance. They have the talent to do so, and it's just frustrating seeing them struggle so much, but if there's a game where they can somewhat get back on track or show that they can still be somewhat of a competent team and a team that can win in the right spots, tonight would be that night against an equally struggling, if not more, Vancouver Canucks team so not an official play per se i gotta just wait to see I, i'm not in love with betting on two bad teams but i do agree with the market movement here it would tend to bet chicago on the money line if anything right now it's minus 120 at Bet rivers But I do have a bet that I want to throw out there tonight as an official play for Danny's Dimes. This is going to be on the hardwood tonight. Kind of a random bet here, but just doing a little bit of searching. And this one stood out to me the most. And this is going to be a prop within that Raptors and Hawks game. How about Clint Capella and his rebounds tonight? At Bet Rivers, the number nine and a half for rebounds price over minus 127. The under is even money for the big man. And I laid minus 127 thinking he can get double-digit rebounds against the Raptors. Now, Clint Capella has gone over this mark of 9.5 rebounds in 31 out of 41 games. Absolutely incredible. He's rebounding 14% of his teammates' missed shots. So, offensive rebounding-wise, he's getting 14% of their misses, which is 93rd, meaning 93rd percentile in the NBA. Very impressive. And then defensively, he's rebounding 28% of his opponent's missed shot, That puts him in the 96th percentile even better. Raptors ranked 30th in opponent offensive rebound percentage 28.5%, so more opportunities potentially for Clint Capella, and look, you could throw all those numbers out there, you could keep them to yourself, whatever it is, when it comes down to it, I just think it's a good spot that they're giving you here, nine nine in the hook, and considering he's gone over this and plenty of the matchups this season, I think this is another game that he certainly can do so. So, Clint Capella over nine and a half rebounds, minus 127 is the lone bet that I am making officially tonight. I almost bet him to record a double-double because there's some decent value at two to one, so I don't hate the idea of doing that because Toronto, not the best in terms of defending the rim four feet from the bucket, and that's where a majority of Clint Capella's shots come from. So I think that could be worth a gander if you're looking for some value as well. But instead of relying on the points, too, I'm just simply going to do the rebounds over 9.5 because I feel a lot more sure about that than I would with the points. So Clint Capella over 9.5 rebounds, minus 127, the number you can get it at right now at Bad Rivers. That is the official play I'm rolling with this evening. But we'll get plenty more action. Like we said, Danielle Alvari will be joining us next talking about the Rams and the Bengals. I already kind of gave my two cents very early. It doesn't mean it won't change, right? We got two weeks. We'll see these press conferences keep a status on these injury updates. Tyler Higby being a big one. He didn't have a uh, significant injury, I guess the report was, but we'll see if he's going to be available for the big game. But we'll also talk about some of those MVP odds. Now, I think this Early on is going to be very intriguing to see how some of these odds fluctuate. You got Matt Stafford at the top and, you know, naturally Joe Burrow, too guy like Cooper Cup's going to get some love. He's at about 6-1, to one, maybe even some longer shots. Could be worth the play, so Danielle and I will talk about that next. Half an hour from now, Adam Burke will also be saying what he thinks is the early advantages you can look at for handicapping the Super Bowl and some college basketball action tonight. We'll do pretty much the same thing, getting some expert advice from our guy Wes Reynolds. 45 minutes from now. So all of that still to unpack here on this Monday evening. It is rush hour, all on VEASAN, the sports betting network.
0: From BBC radio Four, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast. This
3: is Rush Hour on v the sports betting network.
1: If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of City Casts that are designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. And you've got City available in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, Los Angeles, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and now Washington, D.C. So subscribe to your local City Cast wherever you get your podcasts available and get hooked up multiple episodes a week great local sports betting content. Speaking of the CityCast, time to have the host of the Los Angeles CityCast join us here on Rush Hour. I'm Danny Burke, but we take it out to the West Coast to have Danielle Elvari joining us to get her reaction to what happened this past weekend and an early look ahead to the Rams being featured in the big game against the Bengals. So, Danielle, first and foremost, uh, you had a good betting weekend, it looked like, so congrats on that front. But, you know, just from, I guess, the betting perspective and an emotional perspective and covering. LA teams perspective Uh, what was everything going through your mind this past weekend
2: this was kind of a weird one from me, right? I mean, I had Stormy Bonatoni, who was the host of My Guys in the Desert on v on my show last week, and she's a huge 49ers fan, even though she's from Las Vegas, and I grew up in the Bay Area. So this was kind of a weird matchup for me because, yes, I love the Rams. I talk about them all the time, but also I really liked that 49ers team. I think a lot of us did, right? Uh, so this was kind of a like no-lose situation for me in terms of who would advance. Uh, betting-wise, yeah, I did end up going back and forth, back and forth on this game, literally until the last minute. I actually called stormy the morning of this game and said, listen to my logic. I need someone to hear this. And I basically was like, I do think it's going to come down to a field goal. And if so, then the hook is going to matter. And so that's why I ended up going with 49ers plus three and a half, which just barely got there. Uh, But I knew I wanted the under on this game. I think we saw that. And that's, what's kind of interesting looking forward to the Super Bowl, even uh, because we're starting to see some movement towards the under for that game as well. So I wonder what we're going to get there because the Bengals defense has been really interesting lately.
1: And that's what's so crazy to me too, Danielle. Because they, I, I probably have given them the benefit of the doubt in the sense that they've been undervalued a little bit. But like, the, to the extent that they performed in the second half was just insane. Like those adjustments they made and how they made Patrick Mahomes arguably look the most vulnerable and weak and just. I don't know, unlike a quarterback he's ever looked, was just amazing to me. So we'll see what they can do against this Rams team. And you would be like, well, how can they stop Cooper Cup? Well, the same way they limited Mahomes, uh, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey in the second half. So a lot of things go into this. But you're right, the early love has gone to the total going under in that regard. But then the spread, Danielle, has gone in favor of the Rams up to four. And I think it even touched four and a half at some spots. But now you're seeing it kind of back at four consensus-wise. Your early thoughts, betting stance for this upcoming game?
2: Well, right off the bat, I agree with what we're seeing the market do, which is the Rams were kind of undervalued. I believe opened at three and a half. That quickly got pushed to four, even four and a half in some spots now. I hate a four. I can't think, I was trying to think of a betting number I hate worse than a four in a football game, but I think I really, really hate four. So this isn't something I'm jumping on to bet, but I also think tell me why the Rams are not bigger favorites here. It doesn't really make a lot of sense when the Bengals uh, weakness, if anywhere in defense is going to be in the pass section. And we know that Matt Stafford, you know, even if he throws an interception, he's going to be able to out uh, outperform their defense in terms of his offense. Now, what I do think may be interesting to kind of touch on what you were talking about just there too, is that this Bengals team kind of inexplicably came out and mystified Patrick Mahomes. And that was such an incredible halftime adjustment You can see with football how much goes into planning for these games and how much goes into this tape and all of that kind of thing. And so with Patrick Mahomes being as good as he is and getting so flummoxed by them mid game, that's kind of interesting because it shows that they're kind of able to work things on the fly versus Sean McVay. We're seeing make some kind of weird plays, weird timeouts, weird challenges, kind of get scared in the second halves and just kind of playing prevent at that point. And so I think that that's a weird, unique advantage maybe that the Bengals have, that they're able to make these on-the-fly adjustments and really rely on that um, Joe Burrow to really do his thing. Because I don't know if the Rams, they're definitely a planner team, but are they going to be able to be as intuitive as the Bengals were versus the Chiefs?
1: You bring up a fantastic point. That was one of my biggest takeaways after that game. It's like, wh- what the heck was Sean McVay doing? Nine times out of ten in a game where you do what he did with all those challenges, losing your timeouts that early on, you're probably going to lose, let alone against Kyle Shanahan, who has already owned you. But, look, you get you get a break with the dropped interception. That should have been one from Stafford to Tart, And then, you know, Jimmy G just not being able to move the ball down the field at the end of the game. But does that concern you a little bit because Sean McVay kind of, I don't know, you just saw him panic a little bit and get really anxious and just kind of all over the place in that second half against the 49ers. Do you think we might see that in the big game under this huge light now, um, just really on that center stage or not? Because, well, on the other side, you have Zach Taylor where, yes, they've made good adjustments, but I feel like the jury's still out on Zach Taylor a little bit.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely something to be concerned with as far as Sean McVay is concerned, because like I said, it seems like the Rams come out early and then just try to hold on to leads. And that's what we've seen time and time again. The Bengals just showed us last week that they can take down a elite, if not the elite quarterback in the league. Uh, with just a simple adjustment at halftime. And so that's something to be concerned. Now, what I will say is it's kind of interesting that we have Matt Stafford versus Joey B here, because I think these are both really great fourth quarter quarterbacks from what we've seen so far from these two. So, It's like I'd like to give an edge to one side or the other, but maybe that's why we're seeing a four, and maybe that's why you want points at the Bengals. You get over that field goal situation. Are we going to see something similar to what we saw versus the 49ers? I mean, even looking at this Bengals defense as of late, it's really improved, Um, and so I think that it's going to be tough for Matt Stafford when they give their run game a lot of trouble, and then he's really going to be put into positions where he's uncomfortable. Now, speaking of uncomfortable, uh, Joey B goes down a bunch of times versus the Titans. Nine, to be exact, is sacked, and still gets the win in that game. So that's kind of a weird, like wrench in the mix here as well, because yes, the Rams front four is going to be the toughest that he's had to face ever by far. And we all see that as a huge weakness. You have to know that they know that going in, but he's still got that win versus the Titans. Even with all of that going on, he's been really good under pressure. I mean, just versus the chiefs, I think a seven of 12 times completed passes under pressure. So I don't really know what to make of this because even where their weaknesses are, it seems like they've been able to overcome them.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. That's what makes it so tricky right now. Like you said, at that kind of annoying number of four, what we're seeing at so many shops. Uh, Danielle, I'm sure we'll have you on again next week to get deeper into it. But as of this moment, looking at the Super Bowl MVP, odds, Stafford's a short shot plus 120. Burrow comes next at Bet Rivers at plus two twenty-five. Cooper Cup at about seven to one. Jamar Chase fifteen to one. The list goes on. Some other notable names: Aaron Donald eighteen to one. OBJ twenty-five to one. How about Evan McPherson at hundred to one? Right? Maybe not too crazy based on what he's been able to do. But in all seriousness, Danielle, who would you narrow it down to? I think for me, you know, Cooper Cup's a decent look, and heck, maybe even OBJ at twenty-five to one or Aaron Donald if you like the Rams.
2: Yeah, it's funny, right? Because we look at this award and do we believe that they're going to give it to an Aaron Donald? If there was ever a time to give it to that position, it would be now. Um, And still, I'm like, I can't even take it at 18 to 1. For me, I mean, nobody wants to take these short shots, but if the Bengals win it's going to be Joe Burrow, right? I mean, there's kind of no way around that one. So plus 225 for me on the Bengals side of things, if you want, if you think the Bengals are going to win for the Rams, isn't it a little bit more interesting to go with something like Cooper Cup seven to one, because that's kind of the only person I could see stealing Matthew Stafford's thunder in this. Um, It's going to be really come down to how Matthew plays, too, because I don't know if we're going to see interception Matthew or we're going to see a clean gain from him. Uh, But I would just lean to Cooper Cup because literally we were talking about him in the actual MVP race not too long ago. So seven to one, obviously a little bit better value than Stafford. I would love for Aaron Donald to be in this conversation. But for me, I just don't see it happening realistically.
1: I'm right there with you what you said about Cooper Cup. like He's been in the actual MVP conversation It has been incredibly consistent this whole season, breaking records and being a sole purpose for the dominance of the Rams offense. Of course, Stafford plays a large part in that, but at the same time, he has definitely been very volatile, and Cooper Cup has picked up the slack on some of these short passes, creating them into big plays, and hey, maybe the same thing happens in a couple weekends, but I like your uh, kind of philosophy looking a little bit deeper down the line, and I agree with you too about Joe Burrow. Look, if you like the Bengals, chances are probably over 90% of the time it's going to be the Bengals winning Burrow being the MVP and better valued than the money line because right now it's plus 225 for Burrow. So I think there's a lot of ways to go about it. But like I said, Danielle, excited to hear more about it on the LA City cast. And I'm sure we'll have you on next week. So until then, uh, we'll be excited to hear. And I'm sure you'll have some Aaron Donald props with his sacks too. So we'll look forward to that.
2: Yeah, definitely. I was so close. Don't you think I got robbed in that game?
1: Oh, you did. I know. You almost got the trifecta. So close. We're always sweat- We needed to get you on rush hour on Friday when he gave it out, because when you do it on rush hour, that's when it comes through.
2: I know. That is my lucky charm.
1: <laughs> All right, Danielle. Well, hey, keep it up, and, uh, yeah, we'll look forward to it next week. Everybody, you can follow her on Twitter, at Danielle Elvari, and, again, host of the Los Angeles City Cast. Not only will she have extensive coverage, For this big game with the Rams and the Bengals. She'll talk about Lakers. She'll talk about Clippers, USC, UCLA, and much more surrounding all things Los Angeles. Coming up next, though, we'll still go more in-depth into this game with a different perspective from uh, VEASAN's betting analyst, Adam Burke. Now, Adam had a great write-up on VEASAN.com earlier today, so after we have his segment, I advise you to go check it out because he gets into the nitty-gritty, like we always say, with some of those analytics and just outside uh, perspectives, and we'll see if he's got any next segments so I'm curious to see. And he's going to talk some college hoops, so stick around for that right here on Rush Hour.
3: This is Rush Hour on vSEN, the sports betting network.
1: It's never too early to prepare for the big game, and we want to make sure VEASAN is a part of all your plans. We'll be with you throughout the playoffs, and then on championship weekend, like we did, we'll have 56 hours of free video coverage all on VEASAN.com, which will lead up to our sixth annual live big game betcast. It's the biggest game of the year, so make those plans now to join the VEASAN betting experts before. During and after all of the action on VSN.com. That's V S I N.com. Welcome back to VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Danny Burke, your host, live out of the Bet River Sportsbook here in Des Plaines, Illinois. Joining us next to go deeper into that big game is adam burke who you can follow on twitter at skating tripods catch plenty of his content at vsin.com and adam uh we got to get right into it you know you and i were already teasing it off air just sharing our thoughts going back and forth on this game and we'll get into the mvp conversation because i want everybody to hear what your thoughts were on that but early Uh, just perception of how this game could go down. Because Cincinnati, a team that probably in a lot of spots has gotten the benefit of the doubt, right? I mean, look, analytically leading up to this point, maybe they're not a team you would envision getting here, but they have found a way to win, and that's all that matters. And then when you see this number of four, like Danielle and I were just talking, and it makes sense, right? I mean, the Rams have been building for this for a long time, very talented, and you think they have – a better team, at least in terms of the trenches. But again, Joe Burrow just finds a way to keep it close. Is taking the four enticing to you with the Bengals? Yeah, I mean, at this
4: point in time, my initial position would be Cincinnati plus the four. And in fact, we're seeing some four and a halves out there in the marketplace here once again, which I think is a little bit surprising. Uh, total coming down to that 48 and a half number. I don't know if i necessarily agree with the total moving down a little bit, but. Look, here's what happens. You get people that go out there and try to grab numbers. You get the stats crowd, or as I call them, the quant crowd that does the modeling, does the projections and all of that. They're going to hit this game within the first you know, 12 to 24 hours of it being posted. After that, we're not going to see much of any movement on this game unless there's some kind of practice injury or something of that sort. So, look, you got some people out there grabbing positions right now. They may not be true positions. There's a lot of time to manipulate and massage this market to get the buy point that you want, to get the buy point you want on the money line for either side. So this thing will probably sit kind of in purgatory for a while, but we'll see some activity, of course, as we get closer to kickoff. But for me, you know, I haven't really bet anything yet on the side here. I have an initial lean towards the Bengals, and I'm kind of looking towards the over now that we're seeing this one down to 48 and a half. But nothing concrete for me as of yet, and we really don't need to
1: rush into this one. Yeah, you make a great point in terms of looking at where this line's going to move. You're going to get your initial hit, and you're right. Then you're pretty much going to get it stagnant for the most part because it doesn't really move. And you talked about this in your article at VSEN, till that – actual weekend, right? You get a lot of crowds coming to Vegas. You get people thinking, alright, now it's time to bet. People who may not normally bet, and it's the one game a year, right, where the public actually has an influence of where this line moves. So, you're right. Even though you see the initial movement up to 4.5, which I agree with you, I'm not surprised it went to the ramps to 4, but the 4.5 this early, a little bit shocking, doesn't mean it's still going to stay in that realm. And also, I'm kind of in agreement with you on this total. Now, I'm not saying I'm rushing to bet the over, but I am surprised it moved down that much. Like, Westgate, as you also reference i mean they had this total as high as 51 now at Bet rivers you're seeing 48 in the hook so that will also be fascinating to see which way this total can fluctuate back and forth whether it keeps going to the under or you see some love go to the over now adam going into that mvp conversation so danielle and i were just talking about this too and you and i were a little bit off air if you like the Bengals, chances are you should like Joe Burrow to win the award. Better value than plus 165 on the money line. You could get Joe Burrow about plus 225 to win Super Bowl MVP. In terms of the Rams, yes, obviously Stafford are going to be the short shot, plus 120. But a guy like Cooper Cup is so intriguing at 7-1 for many reasons. He's been more consistent than Stafford. He was in the actual MVP conversation. And that could definitely play a large part into some of these writers betting him for this game, wouldn't you think?
4: Oh yeah, absolutely. To your first point, I think it's a really important point that you made that, you know, look, if the Bengals win the Super Bowl, Joe Burrow is probably the MVP. I mean, we know that this is a quarterback driven award to begin with, but Burrow, you know, the comeback player of the year type stuff, the fact that he's played so well in spite of not really having much of an offensive line all year long. If the Bengals win this game, it's because of Joe Burrow. So taking the plus two twenty five on Burrow as opposed to the plus one sixty five on Cincinnati makes a ton of sense to me. And I've talked about this before with previous Super Bowls, specifically like the Patriots and Tom Brady. You know, the Patriots would be a favorite on the money line. Brady would be even money or whatever to win the MVP. If you think the Patriots win, Brady wins the MVP. I think it's a similar thing here. If you think the Bengals win, Burrow wins the MVP. Now, on the Rams side, it's a little bit more interesting because what we've seen over the last two weeks is that they cannot run the football again. And this was a problem that plagued them earlier on in the year. They were pretty good late in the regular season, but now they can't run it again. So the only thing that would worry me about Cooper Cup winning MVP is if we see a situation like we saw here this past weekend, where he basically shared targets and catches with Odell Beckham throughout the game until he had a couple of big plays late in the fourth quarter. I still think that from a voter standpoint, keep in mind, it's people watching the game that vote on this, the reporters and all of that. They're going to look at this and say, you know what? Maybe Cooper Cup should have been the NFL MVP. So if the Rams win and he has a big game, we'll just go ahead and give him the Super Bowl MVP. On the other hand, they could say, look, Matthew Stafford was stuck in Detroit for so long. He got out. Now he's the Super Bowl champion. You know, so I think they're really the only two ways you could play this from a Rams standpoint would be Stafford or Cup. Yes, Aaron Donald could have like four sacks against this offensive line, something like that. Von Miller could have a strip six, something like that. But. To me, I think you have to look at the quarterbacks and then maybe Cooper
1: Cup, and that would be probably about it for me. I like him. All right, Adam. Well, also, every time we bring you on, not only do we talk about the upcoming NFL action, but you always give us some college hoops, look at lines for the upcoming evening, and this one actually going to be tipping off in about 25 minutes, and it's always unique kind of lower-level games that you love to handicap, which is awesome because, again, these are games you can really get a good angle on Tell us about this Wofford and Mercer matchup. Wofford laying four, total at 136 at Bet Rivers. What side or sides are you leaning toward for this game?
4: Yeah, you know, I really like looking into the SOCON. I think this is one of the most fascinating conferences in college basketball year in and year out. And and as you said, look, the books worry about the Big 12 and the SEC and the Big 10 and all that, because those are the games that people are betting. For the most part, people aren't betting a lot of these lower-level conferences. So not only are the line moves a little bit more indicative of where the sharp money is, but you can also get probably some more line value in those conferences. With that being said, this is a total that moved down from 138 to 135 and half, 136. But I actually like the over in this game between Wofford and Mercer. The total has moved down because these are two teams that don't run at a very quick tempo. And in fact, Wofford, one of the slowest teams in the country— But these two teams both shoot a lot of threes. Wofford's shooting a three almost 49.5% of the time, and opponents are shooting a three against them almost 47% of the time. And these are two teams that shoot very well from three. So even though there may not be a lot of possessions in this game, Wofford wants to shoot threes. They want to force the opposition to shoot threes. Mercer's shooting about 36% on threes, and Wofford almost 38% against. So I feel like Mercer scores their points. I think Wofford scores theirs. It's a slow-tempo game, but I think both offenses are efficient here. It's like the over 136 in this one.
1: All right, and then another matchup. We are curious your thoughts on Portland State. Northern Colorado, late game, 9.30 p.m. Central Time, tip-off. Northern Colorado, three-point favorites. Higher total in this game at 150. Adam, what are we liking here?
4: Yeah, we head out to the Big Sky Conference for this one, and, and I like Northern Colorado laying the short price here, laying the three Look, they're in the top 25 in effective field goal percentage against Division I opponents this year. They're top 40 in both three-point percentage and two-point percentage. They're a really bad defensive team, though, and that's what's kind of held them back a little bit. But fortunately for them in this game, Portland State is pathetic on offense. They're 334th in the nation in effective field goal percentage offense. They're bottom 50 in three-point percentage. They're also bottom 50 in defending the three. The one thing that Portland State does pretty well is offensive rebound, but Northern Colorado is one of the best defensive rebounding teams in the conference. So this is a spot to me where I think Northern Colorado matches up really, really well with Portland State. It's a low favorite number on the road in the big sky where, you know, yeah, altitude can be a factor. It won't be a factor in this game. Wouldn't bother Northern Colorado anyway. I like the Bears here laying the three in this big
1: sky matchup. Adam Burke, ladies and gentlemen, you could follow him on Twitter, at skating tripods. And again, his write-ups pretty much every day, all at vsin.com. Adam, always appreciate you taking some time. Best of luck with all those plays. We'll catch up next week to get more thoughts for the big game, my friend.
4: No, thank you very much. I just want to mention real quick, the, the big game betting guide that comes out today at vsin, all the Super Bowl coverage that we're going to have, I'll have some bylines with that, along with Josh Applebaum and a lot of other smart people over there at the website. So I highly encourage everyone to keep track of everything we're doing here for Super Bowl 56.
1: Absolutely. You heard it right there. Adam Burke, the man in charge of all that great content. Again, VSIN.com slash subscribe. We have got you plenty of coverage for the next two weeks, leading you up into the big game with the Rams and the Bengals. Cannot wait. And we also can't wait for Wes Reynolds, who will be joining us next. More NFL and Cal Choops coming up here on Rush Hour.
2: This is Rush Hour
3: on v the Sports Betting Network.
1: Bet Rivers Sportsbook takes football same-game parlays to a whole other level. Now you can combine same-game parlays from different games to give you even more ways to make your perfect combo. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com today to explore all the new ways you can create your ideal combination. Must be 21, gambling problem. Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Colorado, 1-800-522-4700. Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Virginia, 1-888-532-3500. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Play in New Jersey has play sugar Sugarhouse. Void, where prohibited. Okay, it is the final segment on this Monday evening. The show is Rush Hour. I'm Danny Burke, your host at Danny Burke Fiverr. You can catch me on Twitter at Beeson Live for the Vegas Stats and Information Network and at Wes Reynolds One for our next guest. Wes Reynolds, fellow VSN host and awesome handicapper, especially in the NFL, giving us his early thoughts for the Super Bowl with the Bengals and the Rams. So, Wes, uh, before we get into your thoughts on this individual game with the spread at four, the total at 48 and a half, you were someone who got in on this Rams team early in the summer, had a great play with the Rams 15-1 to 1, if I'm not mistaken on your futures ticket. So you got that ticket right now and some other people may be in a similar boat as you. So what kind of advice from a hedging standpoint, whether you have enough confidence in them, whatever it may be, would you offer to someone else who may be in the same boat as you?
3: I think, the and thank you for having me Danny, I think that the Rams are going to win the game and I do think that they're the better football team and that's why they're favored, but if you're going to hedge here, I mean, look, the name of the game is making profit. It's not necessarily about pride here. So you kind of look and see, okay, what's the best way to hedge? And obviously, it would be with money line to see what this gets to. I think the highest I'm seeing the money line in the market right now, dollar 75. I don't think it's going to get to two dollars. It may, but it's probably going to stay, you know, over the next couple of weeks in that 170, 180 type of range, like. Yesterday, if you might have hedged off with the 49ers, now you got lucky if you went ahead and just took the three and a half points. But those two teams kind of knew each other so well that there just wasn't much variance in terms of the line. It was the exact right number. Obviously, these two teams unfamiliar with each other. So probably the safest way to do it if you're going to hedge off Rams is take a little Bengals money line.
1: Now, yeah, I mean, that's definitely the way to do it. You might as well while you got that plus value right now. With the team in Cincinnati, that has continued to win as an underdog, and Joe Burrow continuously tends to do that. But, Wes, I do agree with you. I think the Rams are the rightful favorite in this game, and I lean to them winning this game. Haven't made a play yet, and I'm just waiting to see if there's going to be a better number out there. And with that being said, Wes, with this initial opening, three and a half, I feel like most people kind of figured that's where it was going to be. But were you surprised that it jumped up to four and even to four and a half at some shops? And then I guess looking down the road when it really gets affected is when we get to that Super Bowl weekend. Where do you think this will ultimately end up with the spread that's right now at four in a total at 48 and a half?
3: Yeah, Danny, I actually think it's probably going to stay around White Road it is. It may close four and a half, but there was some buyback. So, you know, I have seen some support on the Bengals. It hasn't been all one-way traffic, but... You know, I agree with your assessment. They're the better team, really, in all three phases. Rams finished the season top eight in offense, defense, and special teams, DBOA. That, of course, done by football outsiders, Bengals in the bottom half in all of those categories. And really, a couple things stand out, I think, in this matchup. And if you're somebody that does believe that, you know, game football is one in the trenches, then you're going to want to be more on the Rams side because the numbers, I think, bear it out. Number one in pass rush win rate are the LA Rams and the Cincinnati Bengals on the opposite side are 30th in pass block Cincinnati on the defensive side, 25th and pass rush versus the Rams who are number one in pass block and pass protection. So the running game is a little bit more closer in terms of the numbers, but Those are pretty wide gaps when you look at pass protection and pass blocking. So that tells you the Rams are the better team on the offensive and defensive line. And one of the things that concerns me about Cincinnati a little bit is if you look at their full season, because I think you got to take the full body of work. And sometimes we just look at what they're doing in the playoffs and look. All credit to Cincinnati for that great comeback yesterday against Kansas City when I think most of the world thought that they were DOA after one quarter. But if you look at what Cincinnati has done this year, they have only faced one defense that finished the season ranked in the top 10. Plus, they played the Browns twice, who ended up ranking 11th in defense. And that last game, of course, was when Cincinnati was sitting starters because they had already clinched the AFC North. So, look the Bengals haven't played any top tier defenses and that's what they're going to get. The Rams, obviously not an average defense, but really on the D line, Danny with Aaron Donald and Vaughn Miller, they're one of the best out there. And keep in mind, this Cincinnati team did give up nine sacks, not just the offensive line, but Joe Burrow probably holding on to the ball a little bit longer. Now, I like that Joe Burrow, when he got pressure yesterday, was able to avoid and get out of the pocket, but he made a couple just terrific plays where he was dead to rights in terms of a sack. So, yeah, I just like I just like the Rams in the trenches. I just think that they're going to be more physical. This is a more experienced team, a little bit more of a veteran team. So, I don't know if I'm going to double down and necessarily bet it. I'll probably do more props than anything, but the Rams are at least my initial first glance.
1: You you nailed it. I mean, that's exactly what the difference is, is the trenches. And this isn't anything that isn't obvious and that everybody understands, but just some of those numbers that you've thrown out how completely different on the spectrum they are with the Rams up front in the offensive line for Cincinnati, and it almost feels like, as fun as the Bengals have been this season, as cool as Joe Burrow is, this is a team that's kind of playing with house money at this point, as you also alluded to, haven't really faced a dominant defense, and that's going to be a completely different story when they face the Rams in a couple of weekends. So I'm right there with you, Wes, so it'll be interesting to see where that line does end up in a lot of these props. Um, But I know I could talk to you about this game for probably another couple hours but i know some people want to get some of your plays for tonight as well with some college hoops my friend uh notre dame tonight they're hosting duke and the fighting irish catching five and a half in this game west are you leaning toward notre dame as a home underdog in this situation
3: yeah i did take notre dame and now we are starting to get the five and a halves back because trevor keel is the good to go for the duke blue devils and Duke has won three in a row here, but Notre Dame's won 10 of their last 11. They have been very quiet in what has really been, let's be honest, a down year for the ACC. But Notre Dame, I think, taking very good advantage of that. And I think right now they would probably be a tournament team, probably need to get one or two more of those resume wins over the next month or so to be able to cinch that. But, you know, Mike Bray, they're not very deep, but, they're a team that could shoot the ball from the three, and that's where Duke kind of struggles a little bit. Duke struggles a little bit on defense with the pick and roll. Now, they're very resistant at the rim, obviously, with Keels and with Mark Williams and Paulo Boncero, who's been as good as advertised as a freshman. But I think Notre Dame is, is going to make them work on the perimeter. Duke is going to give those threes. They did on Saturday against Louisville. Louisville just didn't really knock them down. And keep in mind, Louisville did get the money on Saturday. I think they closed plus six and a half against this same Duke team and Louisville in their first game with the interim coach, kind of like the rally around adversity spot. And Louisville was there until the end, and then it kind of got away with them in the last couple minutes. So I think Notre Dame is going to be able to get some three looks here, and I think they'll knock them down and that I like the Irish plus the five in the
1: hook. All righty, and then Wes, we got one more play for you in about a minute remaining. Colorado State, Wyoming. Colorado State laying a point and a half on the road in this spot, Wes, and then a total we're seeing 144 in the hook. What do you like for this game?
3: Yeah, I bet it a little late, so I laid 125 on the money line, which is congruent with the current price at minus one and a half. Colorado State was on a roll, and then if you watched them on Friday night against UNLV, they looked absolutely awful, and it was just Kind of one of those games that just went downhill quick and UNLV got him and got him pretty easily. So now they go on the road to Wyoming. Colorado State is the better team. They have more wins against the top 100 than Wyoming does. Wyoming was kind of lucky to get out against Air Force late. Got a layup at the buzzer to win the ball game. Colorado State better on defense. I think that UNLV game losing so convincingly at home woke them up. I like them to go on the road to Laramie and win tonight.
1: Boom. Wes Reynolds, folks. He gets you all over with the NFL, college hoops, and he'll have plenty more action throughout the week right here on Vison. And you can follow him on Twitter at Wes Reynolds. One, Wes, thank you, as always, for the insight and the time, and best of luck with all your plays.
3: Thank you, Danny, for having me. Always a pleasure.
1: Absolutely. There he is at West Reynolds one. Once again, we could follow him on the tweets and he just gave out some of his plays. And if you miss it earlier, I did give out one play one Danny's dime. I guess you could call it instead of the plural because we are going with one prop. We talked about the Super Bowl a lot on the show, but, of course, I'm going to be a little bit patient, wait to see where this number kind of moves to and see if we could get a better price on this Rams team. But the play that I am rolling with tonight in the NBA, Clint Capella over 9.5 rebounds, minus 127 is your price at Rivers. He has gone over this in 31 out of 41 games. Favorable matchup in that regard, I believe. So that's what I'm rolling with. Best of luck, folks. Thank you for tuning in, and take care until tomorrow.